welcome to the third series of the Reworked podcast, brought to you by diversity consultancy EW Group. I'm Rachel Wilson, Managing Director. Every fortnight, I'll be speaking to CEOs, HR leaders and workplace activists about the steps they are taking to reform and rework organisational culture. This is the fifth in our series of mini-guides to diversity and inclusion topics, which we've called How to Rework. Our previous guides have taken the perspective of the employee. We've looked at how to recruit inclusively as a manager, introduced the key concepts around unconscious bias, and discussed the attributes of an inclusive leader. But what if you're coming at this from an organisational perspective? Perhaps you're an HR lead, or maybe you're an internal champion for diversity and inclusion, but it's not your day job. Are you wondering what organisations do to make a start, and how they show progress? This week, we're focusing on your diversity and inclusion first steps. So how do you know where to start? Typically, the conversation about putting some energy and focus into diversity and inclusion will be kicked off by a small number of committed and enthused individuals. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to presume that you are one of these people. So well done. (laughs) The first challenge for you is often getting a bit of momentum behind your vision for a more inclusive organisation. You need to have the ear of at least one senior person who can help you to champion this work. Yes, at some point you'll want to find a budget for diversity and inclusion, but more immediately this person can help get the rest of the senior leadership on board. And you'll need this group committed for any of your plans to come to fruition and deliver a change in the working culture. So how do you start a conversation with senior leaders about diversity and inclusion? For most senior people, there are two main drivers for getting behind your diversity and inclusion plans. The first is what we call the business case. This is the specific commercial benefits to your business of greater diversity. The second driver is their own personal perspective or motivation. You will have a sense from particular individuals about which angle is going to appeal to them most. And this is where I'd suggest you start these conversations. So coming back to that first driver, how do you determine what the business case is? Well, when I say commercial benefits, I don't necessarily mean dollars and pounds, although there will be certainly ways of showing how diversity and inclusion impacts the bottom line in your business. But start your thinking instead with this question. What is the main challenge this organisation faces? If it's attracting new clients, for example, then your business case for diversity is going to be about understanding the potential clients in diverse groups who you aren't already reaching. If the challenge is about retaining existing clients, then you might want to consider the extent to which your employees reflect your customer base and therefore understand their needs. And if you have a talent shortfall in a particular part of the business, then again, diversity has a key role to play, as I'm sure you know. If you aren't able to attract and recruit from diverse talent pools, then by default, you aren't selecting your people from the widest possible pool available. These are all examples of strong business drivers for diversity. So take this as your starting point for a conversation with senior leaders. And if you can, try to get access to a group of senior leaders for a 20-minute facilitated conversation about the business case 
made specific to your organisation. All companies face different challenges and it's important that whatever you decide is driving your diversity work is inextricably linked to meeting these issues. Think of it as part of your future-proofing plan. What is your industry going to be like in five or ten years' time? How can diversity and inclusion contribute to your sustainability and continued success as a business? The benefit of getting the positioning just right at this stage is that diversity and inclusion then becomes part of the fabric of your organisation. It's woven into what you do because it makes business sense. Now, what about this second driver, personal motivations? How do you tap into those? Whatever level of seniority we hold within an organisation, I think we all want to enjoy our work. A big part of that enjoyment comes from the relationships and rapport with our co-workers. I'm sure that fundamentally we want this enjoyment at work for ourselves, but we also want it for other people. We all have different experiences of working life, and sadly that experience is not as positive for all of us. Our employee engagement survey data might shine a light on this, particularly if you can get that data to show the different experiences of staff cut by gender, age, ethnicity and so on. For senior people, often a little later in their working lives, they might be starting to think about their legacy. What contribution can they make now, which will have a lasting impact on the people who work there? How would they like their time in the company to be remembered? Is being the top salesperson, for example, their most critical contribution? Or are they now more interested in being known as somebody who helped create a great place to work for everyone? At a deeper level, we can and should ask leaders more fundamental questions about how they want the working world to be, perhaps for their, their children and grandchildren. What sort of legacy are they leaving for future generations? Is a never-rest type of culture what they want for them? Or are they more interested in an environment in which innovation, creativity and personal fulfilment can flourish? Are they concerned, perhaps, that their daughters should have equal career progression opportunities to their sons? Diversity and inclusion has a key part to play in these type of legacy conversations, which you can start to kick off within your business. So you've got some good quality conversations going. What happens next? I've already touched upon a few pieces of data you'll want to have at your fingertips. Engagement surveys, recruitment data, that can all be a great first port of call when making your case. If you're in a customer-facing business, then maybe find out from your client managers what customers are asking for. Do they have any feedback to show that diversity and inclusion is on your client's radar? Are your procurement teams getting feedback on how your diversity and inclusion performance stacks up in your bids and tenders? All this is really, really powerful information to hold. And leaders and managers will always be looking for evidence to back up what you are saying. The next possible step then is to bring in some impartial experts like EW Group to carry out a diversity diagnostic or audit. This is where a lot of our client relationships have started at EW Group. We can spend a little time analysing your current position in relation to diversity and inclusion, providing you with a report to highlight what you're doing well already and making recommendations about the steps you can take to move the organisational culture forwards. But what does a diagnostic involve? 
Our diagnostic would be entirely tailored to the needs of your organisation, and the length of time we'd spend doing it would be determined by the quantity and quality of data and insights you already hold. Usually, we'd spend some time with you gathering data, for example, on career progression prospects for different groups, or how diverse groups are represented at different stages of your recruitment process. Once we've analysed this data, we'll spend some time in your offices speaking to a sample of employees. These are confidential, one-to-one or small group conversations, and we'd be seeking to gather new insights about how different groups experience the working culture. If you have specific gaps in your data, or there are some assumptions from your data which we want to test, we can also do this in our staff conversations. So what happens with the research that EW Group does? We'd create a report and recommendations for you, which we'd usually want to present to your senior leaders. If it's relevant to your organisation, we can develop our report in collaboration with different internal stakeholder groups, like your diversity steering group if you have one, so that everyone who needs to feels they have ownership of the recommendations. A process like this allows us to test our recommendations with different groups and for everyone to feel confident that by the time they're presented to the senior leadership, we know they will work on the ground in different business contexts. You might be wondering how this report is usually received. Well, the conversation with senior leaders about these recommendations is always a key step in achieving all the things I've covered in this mini-guide. It's an ideal opportunity for us to facilitate a discussion between them about the business case and about their personal motivations. It will ensure that buy-in is achieved for whatever comes next, providing a solid evidence base from which to move forwards. We often find that the personal stories we highlight from employees that we've spoken to are unexpected to senior leaders and are a useful trigger for engaging both their hearts and their minds. I hope today's episode has given you some practical ideas for things you can do now to get the ball rolling and take those first steps in diversity and inclusion. A diversity diagnostic may well be your first project and of course we'd love to speak to you about that. To hear about what other clients have done to start off their diversity and inclusion journeys, listen to my previous podcast interviews with Nikki from British Land and Rebecca from Lloyd's Register. I hope this episode gave you some ideas that you can replicate in your own organisation. We'd love it if you could leave a review and also subscribe to Reworked so you don't miss our next episode. Diversity and inclusion at work has never been higher up the agenda. The EW Group team includes learning and development specialists, facilitators, researchers and analysts, all with deep expertise in equality, diversity and inclusion. If you think we can help you rework your own culture please get in touch.